3: All right, boys. We got Steve Taneyhill bringing him back again. Obviously, we uh, we did well enough when he auditioned with him. He decided to come back with the Degenerates again one more time. So we're about <laughs> to have Steve going on.
1: I <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys having it. it. Was fun, man. I'll come on anytime, y'all. Just let me know. I'll
3: tell you what, Steve. I know I was talking to you Saturday, and we'll start with this game, and then we'll get going uh, through the rest of the games. I was hoping you had one more year left of eligibility because I'll tell you what, Zeb Nolan was not doing it for me
1: no he he wasn't doing it for me either um i mean really i, I feel Listen, you got to applaud the kid for giving it a try you know you know 4 weeks ago he's a he's on the ga coach's diet <laughs> and uh watching film and then two two weeks later he's thrown into a game but he did he didn't he didn't play well i mean to me at all i didn't think he was that good in week 1 he, he got away with some things because of the team they played and um you know saturday there i i, I just thought it was really it wasn't good at all um we should have we should have beat east carolina by more um but we couldn't run the ball for some reason with the three stud running backs we have and you know we never got our ground game going to the end and that was the four string running back that came in there at the end and you know, we sneaked out of there with a win, but um, I think this week that Luke Doty will be back. He was supposed to be our starter. Tough game for him to come back against, with you know, looking at the Georgia defense over there. But um, I don't know Zeb just standing in the pocket would make it through the whole game. So uh, it's a uphill challenge for the Gamecocks, But you know, we are two and zero, and in two thousand nineteen we weren't supposed to do anything at Georgia and we upset them. So you, you never know what can happen. Georgia's got some um, guys hurt as well, but you know, they're far and away better than us, but that's why they play the games on Saturday. You know, one thing,
2: one thing, see that I saw a stat today. One thing that's really helping South Carolina, they're just, they're really stopping teams on third down. I think I read a stat, they like teams are like two out of 24, I think on
1: third down with them. Yeah, I heard an NFL coach this morning, you know, I'm kind of, I'm all homebound right now, so I watch all these sports shows all day, and I heard an NFL coach say, well, if there's never any third downs, you're always going to be fine, Um, so yeah, Carolina has done a good job on third downs, but we really do have a real good defensive line, you know, number one is projected first round pick. we got the two down defensive tackles that are really good, they were both five-star players, so our defensive line is really good. Our defenses played good. Um, the only person that played worse than Zeb last week was the quarterback for East Carolina. He was not good. Um, I got a good golfing buddy golfing buddy in mind, Dan, he went to ECU and we were texting back and forth that whole game. And here I am complaining about our quarterback and he's laughing over there saying, well, you want to switch. So, um, you know, I think it helped that he didn't have a real good game, but our defense line at Carolina is really, really solid.
3: Yeah, it seems like you guys have always put out decent, you know, especially front seven talent. Uh, Some that's not concerning. I am concerned, like you said, it took the four string running back to get something going. What do you think heading into that game? What do you think um, the focus was coming in this week? Obviously, they have to realistically know that um, it's a long shot to beat Georgia, but it's a game to where they can kind of correct some mistakes, maybe keep it close. Um, what do you think the uh, the focus was on the offense? Was it was it a quarterback play? Was it receivers? Or were you really uh, thinking it's, you know, the running backs have just got to get it together?
1: I, it, from listening to Coach Beamer press conference this week, you know, his main thing was they got to find a way to get the run game going. It wasn't necessarily the running backs. It, it's really having to do with a lot with the offensive line. But – I think if Doty plays, because he he can do some of the read option, that changes how the defense approaches the run game, where Zeb isn't running to the corner store. You know what I'm saying? He's not going anywhere. Um, but it, when you put Doty in there, he's like the second fastest guy on the team. That changes, and that opens some things for the running backs and, and helps the offensive line because one of those guys on defense has to stay with him. Um, And so I think that'll help our running game. But right now, it's, and again, we, we haven't played two really good teams. Now, East Carolina and Eastern Illinois aren't that good. But we've got to find ways to run the football. And I'm not so sure this is a good week to try because Clemson had like 23 yards rushing. You know, but we do have really good running backs. We just got to find a way to get them going, and like I said, basically that's what Beamer said this week um, in his press conference. But again, going to Georgia is a tough place to play, and their defensive line is unbelievable. Um, Number 99 is one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen on TV, Um, but they're, they're really solid on defense. So here's the question, can they cover the spread? But, I mean, it's 32. I, I can't see my I, – I don't – I wouldn't take Georgia. I mean, I understand they put up points last week, but our defense is pretty good. And, I mean, the quarterback for Georgia last week, I watched some of that game. At one point in time, he was five for five, for like 280 yards and four touchdown passes. If I'd have been him, I'd have told him, take me out. I, can't, I mean, there's no way for me to do better. Just take me out now. You know what I mean? I'm chilling on the sidelines. Hey. I mean, I was five for five, 280 yards and four touchdowns, you know, take me out the game. So um, I don't think Georgia can do that again, but I, I just don't see you taking Georgia with the 32, not the way South Carolina has played them, especially down there the last few years. And again, in 2019, we upset them and we were big underdogs that day. And you have, you
2: know, you have quarterback problems there. Cause you know, JT Daniels a little banged up, even if he plays this week, um Stetson Bennett was the one last week that threw five touchdowns I think he's I think he strained his back a little bit yeah he's hurt yeah Carson Beck I think came in and I think was like four out of ten maybe with one touchdown one pick so who's quarterback and that's a lot of points I agree with you I think it's hard I I I think you take a chance with South Carolina
1: with the spread well and if if Beamer says we're going to try to get back to the run game you know he's going to try to control the clock if we can run the ball at all Plus, our special teams have been really good. So you catch George sleeping on a special team, and our 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 field goal kicker is real good. So you know a couple field goals here and there, and a couple defensive stops. I mean, thirty-two points is a lot of points in a college football game.
3: Absolutely, uh, perfect segue. You talked about Stetson Bennett was five for five, like two hundred and eighty and four touchdowns. So I want to segue that into there was there was another quarterback who had a similar stat line this week. He was. Uh, AR 15, Anthony Richardson from Florida. So he's kind of the the guy they say is the future. Uh, so he was three of three for 152 yards and a touchdown. And then I think he ran, he had three rushes for like 170 yards, uh, and a touchdown as well. So very similar stat line heading into the Florida game. So you have some controversy, you have Emery Jones, who's. Definitely struggling. I believe he only has two touchdown passes to four interceptions. Just doesn't seem like he's really comfortable uh, playing for them right now. And then you have Anthony Richardson putting those up, those numbers. Heading into the Bama game, what do you think, one, about the controversy and then the game overall?
1: Well, you know, Alabama's a different bird out there now. um, Their quarterback, (laughs) he's pretty good. And and to get Bill O'Brien in there as offensive coordinator, who's been around the block, Obviously Saban can get whoever he wants, but um, I think Florida, I think you'll see both, but you can't beat Alabama if you're going to turn the ball over. And I think the the Emory Jones has turned it over a bunch where the other guy hasn't. So I would say, play the guy that doesn't turn it over. If you turn the ball over against Alabama, you're going to get blown out of the building. Um, And and I, I heard a Florida beat writer today said that, that second guy at Florida is the best, the best arm, everything they've seen at Florida in a long time. He's just not quite ready, um, but not quite ready. When, when is anyone ready in the SEC? I mean, nobody's ready or at, at the very beginning of your career in that league. So, um, you know, does it help Florida if if the if the other guy plays? You know, you heard. Emory Jones or Emory whatever was supposed to be so good this year, but he's turned the ball over a lot. So I think that can be a good game. I I think Florida can keep it close, but they can't turn it over. Um, You're not going to turn the ball over against Alabama and hang around.
2: Thank you. you. We saw, you know, we were watching the game together. Um, Anthony Richardson pulled up. It looked like a hammy, but everything I've been reading today, they said he has been taking treatment. He has practiced a little bit. So I think it does sound like he is going to be – you know, able to um, play in the game.
1: Absolutely. I mean, again, if he goes out there and, you know, throws a couple picks, I, <laughs> again, you Alabama's defense is legit and you just can't turn the ball over because Alabama's offense is so good. So I do think it's going to be a good game. I, I really hope it's a good game. Um But I, I, I think Alabama, you know, probably wins. I don't know, that line's like 14 and a half. Um, that's a toughie right there because if Alabama gets rolling, it could be 40.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Spinny, why don't you take it into the last big game?
1: Yeah, one little stat I
2: just wanted to throw out, you know, flor again, Florida, before we bounce to the last game here with Steve, uh, Florida is running the ball pretty well. They're second in the nation. Now they have played Florida Atlantic and us south florida so i mean that's a difference but you know games like that sometimes q that kind of reminds me of like that minnesota ohio state game that opening night on thursday when you have a line that's so close like that maybe look for that first half play for florida because i think i agree with steve as the game goes on there's some turnovers florida might take it over in the second half but i believe in that environment man that place is going to be rocking gainesville is going to be jumping down there man they're going to be pumped for that game so that might be a first half lean if you're going to do anything. So last game, Steve, we want to, you know, we want to get into, um, and, you know, you can go in because you talked about going up to the game and um, is the Auburn heading up to happy Valley with the Penn state Nittany lines 2-0. both teams are and 0 what's your overall
1: thoughts on that game. I think Penn state's really good. Uh, I think that wide out number five is, is, I mean, he's awesome. and, I just don't know if Auburn with a new coach is ready for that environment. I mean, now, Bo Nix is a seasoned veteran, I, and I think Bo Nix is a really good quarterback, but 110,000, 7.30 or 8 o'clock, whatever the time that game kicks, is gonna be unbelievable. I, I just think Penn State's better um, right now. Penn State has played a little tougher opponents and uh you know being at home definitely helps but i I'm, I'm i'm gonna have two tvs set up for that one because i i want to watch carolina they go at seven and i want to watch Penn state and Auburn too and it is the SEC you know going to play the big ten or the big 12 whatever big ten and uh but i, I really think Penn state at this point in the season is just better based on you know who they've played and and a new coach at Auburn, Again, the quarterback's solid, I think, but I just give the edge to Penn State.
3: Yeah, I would say if you're on, like you mentioned, you know, new coach, probably one of the hardest places to play in college football, prime time game. I mean, uh, given Bo Nicks, his history. You know, you kind of go in that cautious. I would personally, if I'm Harlan, I'm I'm putting the load on Tank Bigsby and just really trying to slow that game down and keep that clock running. I'm I'm telling him, you don't touch the sideline unless we absolutely need to with two minutes left in the fourth. Otherwise, we got to keep that clock rolling and get out of here in Happy yeah. Valley, you know. And
1: Bigsby's a really good running back. I mean, he's upper echelon in the country running back. I mean, he is really good. But, again, you you – you know, you, you're counting on Bo Nix to make some plays in that game. And I just think on the other side of the ball, that number five for Penn state can change that game. Um, I really think he's one of the top wideouts out there. So uh, I give, I give the edge to Penn state and a lot has to do with the, with the environment. I think it's going to be uh, to me. I think it's the best game of the weekend. Um, and, and uh, man, I wish I could go. I was supposed to go to that game. And uh I hate to miss that one, but I'll be watching it on TV. But that's what that game like. That, that's what college football is all about, man. Uh, a night game and one hundred and ten thousand, man. That'd be that'd be awesome.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. If you change my last minute, you be sure to swing through the DMV area and pick us up because we <laughs> <battle>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah
1: you know, I think
2: I think C said it well. I mean, this game breaking it down. I mean, I I've taken all, I took Auburn plus the six and a half. And I know everyone, because all my friends are Penn State fans, where I grew up and everything. Right. And they're just going to say, because Smitty likes Michigan, he hates <laughs> Penn State, and that's how it is. And, you know, Penn State's been, um, they hit my, te- they, I had Ball State in a teaser last week, loss. I had, we had Wisconsin, loss against Penn State. So maybe this is it. If I lose this one, I'm done. I'm not touching Penn State. They can do whatever. <laughs> but Bo Nix, I think the quarterback, you know, we've talked about Clifford. Clifford again, air mails, you know, some balls sometimes, but right now, you know, only two touchdowns, no picks though. That's big. No INTs. That's really big in my belief has right. to continue with that. You'd like to see some more um, touchdown passes, you know, uh, Auburn again, very good running team overall. They're third in the nation. I think they have like 608 yards, but they beat Akron, they beat Alabama state. So what do you have there? Bo Nix is both these. So the game to me, it's just what quarterback can make plays, yep. Bo Nix, can he take that next step? A lot of people think he can. I mean, he right now has five touchdowns, zero picks. But can he make that next step? Which quarterback is not going to make the mistake? That's the key to this game. But also the environment, like Steve said, this this place. I mean, I've been there for big games. That place is crazy.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, you you, you got to think at seven o'clock. You you give a all those Penn State people time to tailgate and uh, I'm going to say they're going to have a good time, but it definitely comes down to the quarterbacks. You know, Bo Nix has an opportunity. Now, if he does play a great game to really increase his draft stock. So it's a giant game for him. But again, I I, I just give the edge. And when I say the edge, I'm talking about who comes out, wins and loses. I, I give the edge to win the game to Penn State. Um, Somehow, some way, and 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 you know James Franklin this week is getting a lot of talk of going of going to the other USC. But how to me, how do you leave that 110,000 going crazy and you got a number one recruiting class coming into Penn State or go out to, to California to Southern Cal and deal with all their administrative issues? This is a no-brainer. James Franklin needs to say I'm not I'm not going out there, and maybe he'll do that Saturday morning on game day. Say hey, I'm I'm staying at Penn State. That'll send the crowd even into more of a frenzy. Yeah. So yeah. lastly, I mean, I'd like to dive into that Q. Steve, what did you think? And again, it seemed like Clay
2: Helton. This has been coming. It just was was this the right time? And I mean, I was shocked on that. I couldn't believe they lost to Stanford. What did you think? Even with it coming, are you shocked that it happened in in their in their second
1: game? Definitely. I mean, I don't think they gave him a chance at all. Even if you li- listen to his presser after the game, you know, he says, hey, we, we we didn't play good, this and that. It's only the game two. And here they, you know, they fire him. But they fired Lane Kiffin on the tarmac. So, I mean, USC, USC isn't above doing anything. Uh, and that's one of them on my radio show Thursday. One of my, we do a little thing on there, you know, top five questions of the week. It, it, is Southern Cal a top five job anymore? You know, I don't know that it is. Um, I I think there's five other jobs I would rather have than to go to Southern Cal. I mean, you're expected to do great, but, I mean, is their talent on the upper side of the top 10 talented teams out there? I'm not sure it is right now. But um, USC is, if you look at their ADs, that's one of the problems. They've had about five ADs in the last 10, 12 years. Um, And so they have no stability there. I mean, Lynn Swan was the AD who gave Clay Hilton his extension, but Clay, but Lynn Swan didn't hire. I mean, it's just crazy out there right now. And I think it starts at the top, but uh, they get fired after the second game and you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I don't, they say Clay Hilton was a great guy. You know, it's not like he was Steve Sarkeesian out there, you know, getting public drunk. I mean, he, he was, they say a great guy. So, and, and they got to pay him 10 million. That's the thing. You're, you're, you're going to pay somebody 10 million. You're going to bring in another coach to get somebody good. You're going to have to offer them about seven or 8 million. Are you looking at like a one-year deal? This is a 17, $18 million, you know, fire guy. So, you know, obviously USC still thinks they're, you know, one of the top five teams in the country. I don't. Um, I don't look at them any year and say, Oh, well, USC, they're going to be good. They don't have Matt Liner and Reggie Bush anymore. That's the thing with the crowd, too. Like you said,
2: I think you made a great point there when you said you leave Penn State, 110,000 people, and the place goes crazy. You watch, like, the UCLA games in the USC. There's nobody in the crowd. There's nobody going to those games anymore. And UCLA's
1: have – they're off to a great start. They beat LSU. Right, and there's no one at those games. It's not the same, and uh, I don't look at it as the same. So. Um, I, I just think when you, when you find that job, that's the thing, is it one I understand they are going to pay you $8 million, but if they fired the last guy, they fired one on, on before he got on the airplane, the other guy after the second game, I mean, why would you want to go there unless you're an assistant you just want that, that money to guarantee you, you know, the cush life for the rest. So I just don't see them pulling. You know, one of these big, big name coaches out of one of these power schools, um, you know, maybe they could get the guy at Cincinnati. You know, I understand that move, Cincinnati there. That that makes some sense. But, you know, Urban Meyer, you know, said today on TV he wasn't taking the job. And now they're saying James Frank. I just don't think I don't think it's a smart move for James. I'm not leaving Penn State for Southern Cal. It just makes no sense unless you just can't stand the weather. Unless you you just want to have a tan all year, other than that, and, and especially you got a number one recruiting class coming in. Like, I mean, I I, I don't understand. I I don't. I I'm telling you, James Franklin's going to say something on game day Saturday morning, and the place is going to go crazy. That's my prediction for the week, fellas.
3: Yeah, very well said. I think you hit it spot on, um, Steve. I really appreciate you coming on. I I have nothing further. We'd love to get you. Like I said, we'd like to get you back on. And uh, like we. T- talked off of it we will def- definitely be making an appearance in columbia next year and uh we'll definitely be on a live show or something and getting into a little bit of a little bit of fun trouble down there with you so uh somebody if you don't have anything else we'll let him go and uh, no it's just get- awesome
2: again i mean like I-, I love it pennsylvania connection i'm excited every time he says he'll come on we're gonna have him on because what great knowledge and um just best of luck to him and we hope um his show goes well tomorrow night so thanks steve appreciate it buddy. Yeah,
1: man anytime guys anytime y'all take it easy
3: there you have it steve Tannehill. great insight to the three big games you know of, of the card obviously the south carolina georgia game is a huge card but it, it's always a huge game and steve Tannehill's mine uh so you know it's always good to bring him on what do you guys think I, I i thought he was spot on with his analysis uh, J.K., I know you—you you, you, you know—you were out for the interview, but um, you know I, I think you hit it—you know the nail on the head there. So uh, let's just run through those games real quick. If you guys have a play, so the uh, South Carolina Georgia game, are you guys playing that?
0: I am not playing that. A little too much uncertainty with Georgia quarterback to cover the number, and in South Carolina, it's at like quarterback uncertainty all season. So that will be a pass for me. All
2: right. Hard pass for me, Steve, uh, you know, like Steve said, a lot of points in that, but I I just, I don't know if South Carolina can score. So uh, it's a a hard pass for me too.
3: All right, how about the Florida-Alabama? I can say I'm not going to bet it because I don't want to get mad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't
0: know. Like This is is a fascinating game because I really think Florida, you know, kind of showed in the championship game they're not afraid of Bama can They carry that over. Obviously, Florida's transitioned a lot, but so has Alabama. So it's, it's gonna be interesting. Um, neither team's really been tested yet. You know, Bama played a little harder schedule, but we don't know really what Miami is either. Um, I mean the 14 and a half is 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 tempting. I'm probably
2: gonna pass, probably would live bet this if anything. Yeah, you know, I said it. This is one of those that could could the swamp just be so crazy that. They get off to a good start. I mean, that's what they need. I would look maybe first half Florida if I was going to play it. I'm not sure if I'm going to play it. Uh, I did see a stat though. The over has hit in five straight games between these two teams. So, and a lot of people I've heard does they do like the over. They think both of these teams will score. So that's the that's maybe if you like the over, go for that.
1: Yeah, that over was
2: general.
0: SEC overs might be something that's kind of undervalued right now because you have that image of the SEC having these great defenses. But, man, these teams score points now. Like, Bama's offense is ridiculous. Florida's offense last year is ridiculous. They've been great this year. So definitely something to look into.
3: Yeah, the over for that was 59 and a half. So I don't think it's outrageously uh, numbered there. I did hear an interesting stat from uh, the J-Boy show. Shout out to the J-Boy show and Jay Crane. Uh, need to get that guy on we've been trying. I know he's a busy guy. He just signed big with time the volume. Congrats to him. Yeah, he's big time now. Uh so maybe he maybe he's got a couple minutes for the uh the young bucks below him. Uh but we'll get we'll we'll try to schedule that in the future. Uh but I did hear a stat. So uh it was somebody from the Athletic and forgive me for not knowing his name but uh for the season teams on the road that are double digit point favorites. The the how do I, the dog is 12 and five ATS. It's not bad. I think the crowd's a factor in that and they said the swamp is going to have 90,000 strong and it could be the loudest game in probably 10 years for the swamp because obviously they took a dive with Must Champ and McElwain. Uh, so you could you could get like an Urban Meyer swamp field today. Uh So that would just be interesting. I'm not going to play it like I said but that is an interesting stat, especially that you add a, a swamp that can be pretty loud. And like you said, you know, they, they can be pretty explosive um, if they score first or can get out to an early uh, couple good drives. And, you know, maybe that changes the game. But um, all right, the last game is uh, Auburn at Penn State. You guys got anything? I'm not playing it. So
0: I grabbed Auburn at seven and a half because I think this is going to be a l- really close game. Um, I think both offenses are going to struggle. I think uh, both defenses will, uh, take over this game. I'm going to try to middle it here because I see the line coming down. Um, I think I can get four and a half sometime um, this morning, if not this afternoon. But I do think Penn State will win, but I think it's going to be a tight one. I think it's going to be something that looks like the uh, last bowl game they played in like 2003, like 13-9 or something like that.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people do like the under in this. There's a lot of people on the under. Two defenses, really good. Um, You know, could Auburn try to speed it up a little bit early? We'll have to see i did play this and i do have auburn uh plus six and a half in this i jumped on this sunday so auburn plus six and a half
3: over under for that is 52 and a half i could see that game being like a 23 17 style game just ground you know a couple scores here and there uh so maybe that's a play it seems like we're all in the unders all right so with those games covered let's just move on to the slate I'm just going to run quick. If we don't have a play, we can always circle back around if we want to touch on it, but I want to get our plays out. Anybody touching the Boston College Temple? I know Phil Dracovich is out for the season. Uh, over under, is 55 and a half, and the line is minus 14 and a half, favoring Boston College. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the kid under Djokovic can do. You know, obviously they still have uh, Trey Flowers there, so that should be a room of comfort, but it's interesting. Anything?
0: No, I just think you have to see what BC's quarterback looks like for uh, future ACC games. Uh, hopefully, he really shines, and then Djokovic transfers to Penn State next year.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll be curious to see. I, I actually will follow that game because I do want to see what he can do. He does have some praise coming out of the, uh, you know, the the week's chatter. So, all right, I do have a play on this at noon on ESPN. Number eight, Cincinnati travels to Bloomington to play Indiana. Over/unders fifty. Cincinnati. The line is back down to minus three and a half. I'm going to stick to my guns. I know we talked about this, and I know, Jason, you kind of were kind of neutral. Smitty was off this game. um, No, I'm on the game now. Oh, you are on the game. Okay. All right. So I'm going to stick to my guns and say I like Cincinnati minus three and a half. I think they just have a lot to prove here. Luke Fickle, you know, is a dominant coach. I I think he's better than Allen, personally. I think Allen had a great season last year, uh, and he benefited from COVID. Um, I think there's some regression. I think Penix is not the greatest. I think he played above his his uh, ceiling last year, and I think we're starting to see a more, uh, uh, I would say, down to earth Penix, if that if that's the right wordage. Uh, But Cincinnati's defense is so strong. I mean, they had a really good defense last year, and they didn't really lose anybody. Um, And and I just I I like Desmond Ritter a lot better than Penix. I I think even though it's on the road, Indiana's not a hostile environment to play in, Um, and this is a game that is uh, in my opinion, it's it's very important being that Cincinnati's moving to a power five. It's a statement, you know, you're not playing an American team, you're playing, you know, a, a big 10, wouldn't call them a juggernaut, but they're not a pushover either. So I, I'm gonna stick to my guns and say, they steal this with a seven point win on the road. Yeah, no, I think
0: with the part we disagree with, I think I like Allen as a coach. I think he's just as much as good as Pickle is. I've seen Pickle coach really good talent at Ohio State and kind of struggle with it, um, but he's been a much better coach at Cincinnati. Um, You know, the thing you look at this, I think people have this image in their head of Cincinnati from the Georgia Bowl game, which they should. They played excellent in that game, and they returned most of that team coming back. But, um, you know, you look at their schedule last year when they finished out in um, the AAC. They weren't that great against Tulsa and some of the schools coming down the stretch here. And this is still a group of five team, you know, as much as they're getting hyped up. You know, Indiana last year, you know, I I just – you know, a lot of those guys are back. They have not looked anything like they did last year and it could be COVID. It could have been, they got some good um, puck luck with turnovers and everything like that. But, you know, Penix has to play better. I like Tom Allen as an underdog. They're always feisty. Like, they, you know, they always give you at least a good half against all the um, brand names in the big 10. Uh, I got to think he's got these guys riled up. You're right. There is no home field advantage, but Indiana is probably fine with that. Frankly, Cincinnati's fine with that too. Nobody goes to Nipper uh, either. Um, but I just I think they're gonna be feisty. I won't bet anything. This is another game. Maybe I have a look at live, but I think Indiana is gonna give them all they can handle and I since he may be up to the task I did but it's just, you know, I, I think it's gonna be a great game to kick off this Saturday.
2: Yeah, I jumped on this I, I jumped on this last night I I've been talking to a couple people um, I was talking to Tim Murray that we've had on a couple times. Uh, host of co-host well co-host him and Sean have both been on but I think he kind of likes Indiana in this game too and kind (laughs) of lean that way I mean I agree Cincinnati's great team I mean they have really good numbers I think they're six and two last eight on non-conference games on the road I just and I'm the one that said Iowa against Indiana week one and it really turned out well because I said I'm not sure on Indiana's offensive line they have to play well today that's the key in this game, but I just have a feeling I agree with Jason. I think they, Alan has them ready to go. This is a tight game. So I, on scores and odd, it, it is at minus four for Cincinnati. I got it last night. I'm taking Indiana plus the three and a half. Yeah. So I
0: heard tip's comments on that too. He brought up a great point is who has Indiana like in the week, nobody had Indiana, right? And I've seen 80% of the money or 80% of the bets on Cincinnati. That line's not going anywhere. So books are comfortable. So some big dollars are coming in on Indiana somewhere. Um, but I say, I think it's gonna be a great game.
3: All right, let's move on to another 12 o'clock game uh, that I'll be watching. I do have a play on it. Uh, Coastal Carolina. I actually bought the half a point to get him at minus 13 and a half, just because I missed out uh, when it did dip down there uh, for a little bit. Uh, Buffalo lost to Nebraska. I think Nebraska is pretty terrible. As you know, we've all discussed, I think Coastal Carolina is just too much for them solid defense solid run game <clears throat> not only but their running backs but their quarterback and he's got a good arm uh so i i just think they uh they outmuscle buffalo on a road i i don't trust buffalo especially with uh leaphole taking eight players with them to kansas
0: yeah i don't have a play on this i uh i did bet on kansas last week against coastal um just because kansas fared well the year before against them i do, I do like the buffalo coach who's not coaching buffalo today <laughs> um yeah, I, it, Carolina, they kind of need to snap out of this. They were a little step walk a little bit through last week. I think going on the road is going to help them, actually, against a team, a weakened Buffalo team.
2: Yeah, no play for me either on this, but I, I would go in the coastal um, direction.
3: All right, another noon game. We got got some uh, bigger noon games this week. Uh, all right, so Michigan State travels down to Miami. Miami minus 6.5, over 157. I have Miami in a teaser. Um, I I'm really interested to see, you know, Michigan state came out and oh. they've scored a lot of points in those two games. I want to say they touched in the forties, both games, Miami got smoked by Alabama, came out a little lackluster against app state last week, but they pulled out a victory. Uh, I, I think they bounce back Dear King. I don't think he's elite, but I think he's better than what Michigan state has to offer. I think maybe Miami kind of gets in a little groove here now that they got that win under their belt and kind of just. To sigh relief. So I actually have them in a teaser with Coastal. So I like I said I took Coastal minus 13 and a half. Um and then I also have Coastal in a teaser. I had I just threw them in there minus seven with Miami at plus one half. So I, I think Miami gets a, a victory here at home. But I think they could cover the minus six and a half as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Miami's gonna cover six and a half. I'm not drinking the Sparty Kool Aid uh, at this point. I watched that Northwestern game because I, I was completely wrong on that Week One game because I was shocked that they went in there and ran the ball down Northwestern's throat. But that game was really close until late in the fourth quarter, and there was kind of some mm-hmm. um, late tackle on touchdowns that really made that result look a lot different. It was a it was a, a nip and tuck game most of the way. Miami's been tested. You know, Appy State's not easy, especially playing them the week after playing Alabama. They weren't really competitive against Alabama, but they—they they were just overmatched in that game. That you know, they've lost a lot, and that program's not in a position where they can afford to lose a lot yet. Um, I think Sparty melts down in the South Florida sun here. I, I think this is a pretty easy win for Manny Diaz, and I think he needs it. I think you know, if he
2: loses this one, I think the hot seat will be extremely hot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I played Miami last week, and it was my best bet. And I mean, I just had—I had a brutal week weekend last well saturday for college i mean i had a big donut a lot of people last. did <laughs> so i mean luckily i got off to a good start last night with illinois covering against maryland i agree with what you guys said here um i think i think miami could cover this i put him in a teaser um you know like jason said everyone's on michigan state you know they're averaging all these points <laughs> Well, again, they played Northwestern, which I was high on Northwestern on the preview show. Now they lost their best running back, and I think they're barely favorites today against Duke. So it's not a very good team. And like Jason said, that game was close. Then they beat Youngstown State. Okay, well, whoop-de-do. Miami, like we said, they played Bama, and then Appy State. And Appy State's good. I thought they could cover, and they like it was close. But I mean, Appy State was there in the game the entire way. So. I just don't see. I think this is the game. They get it right. I, and I love it. Like Jason said, very warm. Can Michigan state handle the heat? It's supposed to be really, really warm down there. I
3: cramps, cramps, cramps. Yeah. I mean,
2: I just, so I'm leaning in this. I went a six point teaser. I had Miami down to a half and I took Oklahoma minus 16 and a half and a teaser.
3: All right, let's move on to another noon game. Like I said, this noon get it, the schedule of stacked. So Nebraska is traveling to Norman to play Oklahoma over under 62 and a half, Oklahoma minus 23. We actually bet it early at 61 and a half on the over for the show challenge. I love this play. It's on my card. I have it at over 61 and a half as well. I see Oklahoma putting, I mean, they they're gonna hang 42 to 47 easily and then. I think Nebraska is just going to have to chuck it down the field. Um, So I I see this game going well over. I could see it low 70s.
0: Yeah, um, Oklahoma's defense kind of needs to show up here because uh, they let the back door wide open with Tulane. And I I think Nebraska is not bad. They played terrible against Illinois. um, But they had chances in that game too. They could have easily won that. I think they're kind of taking a little too much of a beating um, early with the media. Uh, even some from people on this podcast, uh, I, I think that uh, they can score enough points to, to do their work, and then Oklahoma is going to pretty much go up and down the field with them. Now, Nebraska's defense is a little bit better than we're probably giving credit here. Uh, kind of people are kind of ignoring that, but um, I think there's still there to be a ton of possessions in this game. It'll be an over.
2: Yeah, I hope so. We need a win in that podcast challenge. I, you know, I heard <laughs> some people last night saying they think they think they could throw about seventy on Nebraska. So I I think, you know, I put a couple uh, Barry Switzer uh, pictures out last night on our Twitter handle. Uh, I think it's going to get ugly. I do like the over. I believe, um, I know Big Fat Winners also put a thing out yesterday that they love the play also. Um, Like I said, I took them down in a teaser at 16 and a half, and I matched up with Miami. So I think Oklahoma really puts a show on today. Yeah, I think the other thing too with this
0: game is Scott Frost didn't approach it correctly at all. Nebraska football didn't approach it. They wanted to cancel this game and like this is like one of their tradition. Their fan base had to be dying to play Oklahoma even if they were going to get their ass kicked just because it's their history, right? And tell me as a as a as a fan of a school that has been disconnected from its history and its rivals, you you want to get back to that and play those schools. I mean, he should have been building up to this and it doesn't sound like they have. And I tell you what, they get they get destroyed here, he's gone Monday. There's no doubt about it.
3: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on. Smitty, I know you have a play on this at noon. Number 25, Michigan. Playing Northern Illinois over under 54, Michigan minus 27 and a half. Why don't you shoot that one?
2: Yeah, you know, I I started looking at this and I wasn't going to touch this at all. And Michigan is six and one last seven as a home favorite. They're eight and three ATS last 11 versus Mac teams. Now, Northern Illinois, you know, they got me in, I think, week one. They beat Georgia Tech, which was shocking. But they're going to try to run the ball, and you're not going to run on Michigan. is going to stop the run. Now, uh, the quarterback, you know, former Michigan State quarterback, so he has some experience playing here probably. But, and Northern Illinois can't stop the run. I read a stat that they're giving up like 200 and something yards a game. Well, what's Michigan going to do? They had, they had, so uh, Coram had 175 and Haskins had 135 last week against Washington. So I love this. I think Michigan's going to run, run, run now, run in the clock The you know, the, the clock goes a little bit here, but I looked at the team points for Michigan and I got it at plus money and let me just pull it up here. So I took team points, Over 41 and a half at plus 105. So Michigan, please score a lot. I I told Q off air. I think this could be 35 into the forties, maybe at half, I believe. So, I I mean, when it's 17 to 10, you know, in the fourth, then I'll start laughing about it. So we'll see, but go big blue. I already got my gear on go big blue. And I got that team futures over with them. So keep winning.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, in this game it kind of looks like an over just because North Illinois put up 43 on Wyoming and they, you know, scored 22 on the road. Georgia Tech, everybody they thought they were terrible. I have no faith in Rocky Lombardi to do anything here, though. Yeah, the, the, really, the biggest question is whether Harbaugh lays off the pedal just as you enter the Big Ten season next week against Rutgers, a team somehow Michigan struggled with the last couple of years. But that's really it. Uh, that's a no play for me. But I, if I was going, I'd take Michigan and Atlanta points.
3: All right, any play in the Army, UConn? or J. Cam, you were talking about a little bit in our group chat.
0: So I went back and looked at uh, the Phil Steele has, the, obviously, the, the last five seasons of when Army's been a big favorite, and they have actually covered a lot. <laughs> I was way right. off on that. I must have been thinking about Navy. I don't know who, which, which academy I was thinking of. But, uh, yeah, no, they've done a really good job of disposing of these teams, uh, the soft teams on their schedule. So it's a no play for me just because, you know, I – I don't know what you can get with UConn, but Army should roll in that one. I mean, if you're going to pick any side, lay the points, even though it sounds crazy, lay 33 with an option team.
2: Yeah, no play, but I would take Army. I mean, if we've said it so many times. They're a (laughs) mess. All
3: right, number 15, Virginia Tech travels to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Over-under is 50. West Virginia is now laying two and a half. I I don't have a play on this, but – I'm not sold on West Virginia. They have a decent defense, but I think Tech's defense is playing really well. I would actually, if I had a play on this, I would lay the plus two and a half. If you get it at plus three for Tech, I would lay that. I, I, I'm i not saying Tech's the real deal, but I think they're better than WVU this year.
0: I'm actually going to play this. I'm going to lay, uh, lay I, West Virginia lane to two earlier this week. I, uh, you know, I, West Virginia didn't play their best game against Maryland. Uh, Maryland showed had a little spunk last night coming back to beat Illinois in a game that everything was going wrong for them. Got a couple guys tossed for targeting and everything else. Uh, yeah, I think Letty Brown gets off this game. Botek, the defensive line looked great against UNC. I think it's a completely different environment to go to two Morgantown and play a run-first team
2: as opposed to a UNC team. It's clearly shown they have problems blocking people this year. Yeah, I jumped on this game. This was uh, the Auburn game and this one I jumped on Sunday, Sunday night. And I got West Virginia at minus three. 6 6-0-1 last seven uh, home games, ATS. So I, I, I just agree. I just think West Virginia is a whole different team when they're in Morgantown. I think they win. I think they can win by seven to ten points in this one. So this is one of my favorite plays. I like West Virginia in this game.
3: All right. Hey, it's nice to see another rivalry game sneak up on a schedule. They haven't played this in a while, so – Oh, that'll be a fun one to watch. All right, at, at 2.30, and stop me if I don't cover a game, fellas. At 2.30, Purdue travels to South Bend to play number 12, Notre Dame. Notre Dame lay in 7.5, over fifty eight. Notre Dame's kind of been lackluster in their two wins, so they had an 18-point lead headed to the fourth against Florida State and blew that, had to win it in overtime. And then last week against Toledo, Toledo ran them all up and down the field uh, and gave them a run for their money, went until about 30 seconds left. Um, I, I do like Notre Dame in a teaser here, you know, they, uh, at home, they do tend to pull out wins, uh, whether close or not. Uh, I like them. I have them in a the six point teaser minus one and a half. And I actually have them teased, uh, with wake Forest at plus one and a half. And, and we'll talk about that once we get to that time slot. But I think Purdue is a decent team. They'll keep it close. I think Notre Dame is really hurting without Ian book. Uh, it seems you could see like Brian Kelly gets a little frustrated on the sidelines. They're, they're obviously not as talented as they were last year. Uh, their their leader on defense was drafted last year, uh, I believe, in the fir- late first round. So that was a big hit, that that stud linebacker for them. Uh, but I do think they pull out a close one.
0: Yeah, I got, I got the boilers here today. Uh, you know, braum got a little bit of a hot seat there. and I can tell you with a uh, Purdue alum uncle, there is nothing better that you can do with the Purdue coach than beat Notre Dame. Um, and uh, I think the boilers, like I said, they're, they're my sleeper pick to win the Big Ten of West. Uh, I have their over also for the year and wins. I also have Notre Dame's under. So this kind of all aligns. I need this to kind of happen. Um, yeah, I think Purdue has shown nothing to, to doubt them going into this game that they're gonna be feisty. I, I really don't like what Kelly's doing with his team in the media. I don't like how he criticize them after Florida State. That was an impossible situation that they actually won. Um, you yeah, know, the ghost of Bobby Bowden was clearly affecting that game. Um, so yeah, I just think this is gonna be a close one. Um, and Notre Dame just doesn't, like you said, they just don't have the explosive talent this year to kind of pull away from these teams. They never grind their team. Anyway, there was probably no playoff team that was worse against covering the spread last year than, uh, than Notre Dame. And just uh, yeah, kind of see that continuing. They may win this one, but it's gonna be a battle. Purdue's going to give them all they can have. This is a huge game for the Boilers.
2: I think I agree with you guys. I think this one's close. I think it's a good game. I, I jumped on this teaser. Uh, I think Sunday also, and I took Notre Dame down and I got him at minus one. And I matched them up also with Wake Forest, and I got Wake Forest minus a half. I think I agree a lot of linebackers out for Notre Dame. That's an issue. I think the game last week, though, will be a wake up that, wow, we better get it going. I think Purdue is a a pretty good team. I, I do like the Purdue team. But I think Notre Dame can win this game, match them with Wake, and you're going to have a winner. And just a little side note here, I heard that they would not let Purdue bring the biggest drum onto the field. Big Bertha. They will not allow that. So – Man, what's going on there? Maybe a little nervous with the big drum and just didn't want it happening. So there's a little side note. If you're a fan of the big drum by Purdue, not going to be on the field on Saturday.
0: I'll tell you what. You look at these stupid – I mean, this is college football, right? So there's all kind of stupid petty shit that happens. And <laughs> like if, if if you're not Jeff Braum, you don't use that as incentive to get your team fired up, that they're so <laughs> nervous about bringing the big drum, that they're terrified of you guys, you're crazy because – like why why would Kelly
2: give them anything to get riled up about? I don't understand it. Like it's ridiculous. See, we give you football info and then band info too. Subscribe <laughs> to the show, everybody. It's a big 10. I'll talk about bands.
3: All right. So we already touched on Alabama, Florida at 3:30. Uh so let's move move on to the slate. So at 3:30. Florida State travels to Wake Forest. Hey, Wake Q, Forest can I Lane. jump
2: in real quick, not to cut you Go. off? There was a game that uh, at 2 o'clock that I did play, so I just want to give it a little shout-out here, if you don't mind. Um, Nevada is going to Kansas State at 2 o'clock today. Uh, Nevada is minus 1.5. Uh, Thompson quarterback is out for Kansas State. Tough environment. Nevada has a good team. I like the, uh, the quarterbacks really good, but I saw a stat. The under has been really hitting in these Kansas State home games. So what I did there was I did another teaser and I took this game up to 56 and a half and I took the under and I matched it with the under in the Iowa Kent State game at 61 and a half. So my teaser again. Under 56 and a half Kansas State Nevada game and matching it with the under 61 and a half Iowa Kent State game. There's a big trend with unders also at Iowa games.
3: Hopefully Carson Strong tears it up against Kansas State. I have him in my college fantasy lineup. Uh so I'll be tuning into that. But at 330, Florida State, like I said, travels awake forest over under 62, Wake Forest minus four and a half. I may end up playing this straight up. I I like Wake Forest at home. I've been a fan of there was a show um, with Sam Hartman uh, as a high school player. I kind of fell in love with him there. I think he's just he's dedicated to the game and and he, you know, I think he makes smart decisions. I also like Christian Beale Smith. And then I really love Nick Anderson walk on for them defensive back. I mean, he just badgered the coaches until they really uh, gave him a chance. And he has just taken off for that. So good for him. I actually have Wake Forest in a teaser, like I said, with the Notre Dame play at plus 1.5, but I actually may take Notre Dame minus four and a half as well. Florida State, I think, is abysmal. Mike Norvell doesn't know how to mess with this team. I, I think he's in a disarray right now, doesn't know how to get them moving forward. Uh, that was a brutal loss to Jacksonville State last week, and I don't know if how you rebound on the road after that. Um, I, I like Wake Forest.
0: Yeah, I think you know that's what's kind of scary about this for Florida State is that that Notre Dame game should have been a momentum builder for them. They should have like been hyped up coming into next week thinking they're a good football team and then to lose to um, Jacksonville State. You know that's that's ridiculous and to lose the way they did too, fourth quarter just gave it away. Uh, I love wake in this game when we went through the previews kind of circled this one. Um, I don't understand the line movement in the game. It actually scares the heck out of me because it's going the wrong way. I know there's a lot of Florida State action. I don't understand that either, considering everything that's going on. Um, to me, this is where the name hurts you because Wake definitely has this game circled. They would, lo- they love beating Florida State. They've beaten Florida State a lot actually over the ten years. Um, I think they win. It just the line movement terrifies me. But I'm taking Wake. I already have that action, that booked already at uh, minus. I uh, had at, at minus six. I'm gonna take
2: it at minus four and a half again. Yeah. I said, I have it in a teaser. So, but no, I agree with you, Jason, you know, opened on scores and odds minus six and a half, and it's down to minus four and a half. So that's pretty good drop there. So a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of people this week, some people love Florida state in this game. I don't see it. I don't see where it's at. I, again, I, the wake forest, love the quarterback. He's the best quarterback on the field. Florida State, again, both those quarterbacks, you know, great story with um, um, uh, the kid from UCF. Mackenzie Milton, yeah. Yeah, came back. But, uh, you know, not really pushing the ball down the field. I think they said his, like, average of his throws per yard is not a lot. It's just a mess of Florida State, and I think that guy's going to be gone here very, very, very fast. Out of now, Florida
0: State. We talked about that. He may stick around just because they don't want to pay three coaches.
1: <laughs> That's, That's literally, true. That's a good go point.
0: Right now. But yeah, I, like I said, when you play that Notre Dame game, it was such a great environment. Everything should have been so much like energy going into the next week because you know both quarterbacks played well. Everything was like looked like you were oh hey we're playing a big name team here we're back and they just like laid an egg and it, you're like where are you at and that had those kind of losses take you down. They don't motivate you. You get you come down and like I said, Wake is sitting there and they love beating the Seminoles. That'll be a fired up place. Like those guys will be fired up. It, it I, I just. The line movement is the only thing that terrifies me. And the over, though, looks great in this game because Florida State has shown a little efficiency on offense. Not last week so much, but against the Irish, they did. And Wake's defense is
2: not exactly fantastic. So, just a side note on this game, too, if you saw it, at least that one offensive line guy proposed to his girlfriend when the Jacksonville State was celebrating, and she must have said yes. So, <laughs> there you go. Congratulations to them. But it hey, is it's,
0: uh though. It's like,
3: consolidated surprises.
0: Like I guess they just thought it was gonna be a win, and he went through it anyway. I mean, that's obviously you
3: know we've all been there. But uh, you, you I think probably that, would have I probably would have scrapped that. I, I don't, don't think he was going it, anywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there was probably like other stuff planned. There's not much you can do, right? If you got dinner after the game with the folks, and like everybody knows hey, about it except for her. We're canceling. You know, like, I gotta
3: go watch film.
0: <laughs> I can't. I can't do it, guys. We lost the uh, at FCS school.
3: <laughs> I love it. Hey, it's like an unnamed person we've had on the show. Another unnamed coach uh, after a loss, he wouldn't let him eat. That's what I'm telling him. Hey, coach doesn't letting us go. We can't, can't eat. So uh, yeah, that's that's how we're going to cancel this. Maybe we'll try next week on the road. All right, moving on. I don't have a play on this game, but I I, I think it's going to be a slaughter. Georgia Tech travels to Clemson. Clemson laying 28 over under 52. One, I see this game going over 52, so I may have that on my card. Uh, it's it's kind of been something I've been eyeballing. And then two, I remember last year we're sitting Santa Glory days and Georgia Tech plans Clemson and somebody goes, Man, I, I think they can they can hang in this game. And I, I believe the final score was 77 to seven or 73 to seven. And boy, nice. that got out of hand real quick. Yeah, that was and, a misread.
2: Uh, that was a misread by yeah. yours truly on that. I said they'd play tough. I th- I said they'd <laughs> compete. Well, they didn't compete. So I misread that.
3: Well, I think Clemson could hang. I think this is another like they already have a loss on a the schedule. They just have to blow out teams in my opinion, and handling business for the rest of their schedule. So you watch out for an over-under on my card uh, officially on Twitter, but uh, uh, if you laid to 28, I wouldn't be upset with you either.
0: Yeah, I would like to lay to 28 better than the over-under just because I don't think Georgia Tech's offense can help today. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, this is a get-right game for Clemson, right? They got to come out and kind of show some uh, authority here just to get back the playoff picture, especially
2: now that it's kind of jumbled up. No play. Georgia Tech competes.
3: (laughs) We're going to rebound it, double or nothing. Is everybody competing today? (laughs) Apparently, everybody's competing. All right. Does anybody have any action on the uh, Ohio State Tulsa game? And we can just skip that.
0: I don't. I think that's an interesting game, though. We'll see how they bounce back because I I mean, Brian Day's never lost a regular season game before, uh, kind of like Trevor Lawrence, like last week in the NFL. Um,
3: You would think their practice had to be brutal this week.
0: They did. Well, it's interesting, right? Because that's a big thing with coaching is how do you respond to your players when you lose a game you shouldn't. Um, and this is the first time he's had to do it as a head coach probably since what well, I forget where he coached before Ohio State, but I don't think he's ever been a head coach. Um, like that's a big part of your, like the temperature of your team, right? But uh, this is an easy week where they can look ugly and get all the kinks out. And
2: uh, but I wouldn't bet them. No, I think this is. You know, Jason said it there. What's going to happen here? What kind of team's going to show up? I, you know, we watched. We were up at the pub, and a guy put on the Tulsa Oklahoma State game. We're cool. Like, why is he watching this game? It was like he put it on like one of the main TVs, right. and he had a Southern Illinois shirt on too. So <laughs> it's funny! Uh, hey, you know, Salukis! The Salukis! <laughs> you should have told about the podcast. The guy clearly gambles.
3: Yeah, man. <laughs> no, really.
2: And listen, here's the thing: I you know Tulsa com- competed in that game, but man, you would just think Ohio State. They got to put it on them today because, you know, if they want to get back into this in the conversation and try to make the playoffs, look for a team point maybe on this and jump on team points. Maybe they'll just try to take it out on them and score a ton of points, but the QB has to play better. I mean, he missed throw after throw very high last week on his throws. Missed the guy that would have hit the over for us wide open in the end zone overthrew him. Um, So he has to play a lot better, but I would do maybe a team point here. I'm not going to play it, but team points, maybe um, uh, Ohio State. I think they throw a lot of points on them.
3: All right, quick yes or no. Any action on USC or Washington State?
0: (laughs) This is basically the same game, right? Uh, Yeah. this line is interesting because i it actually has gone up right i think usc is laying more now than they were at the beginning of the week seven
3: and a half yeah. so
0: is somebody watching practice and seeing that this, the uh defensive backs coach has got this under control i don't know like you know it's a tough place to play for usc too they traditionally have not done really well in pullman um you know it's, it's travel it's weather usually i don't know what the weather forecast is for today i actually should know that by now if i'm commenting on the game but I'm going to stay away but i'm really interested to see how usc responds to the firing because i think that'll tell you what the locker room is like with clay helton um because like i said this is not a place they played well so if they come out and rule the cougars then things have to get changed
2: no play no play i'll sit and just see what happens here but yeah i'm not touching this game
3: all right let's move on to the four o'clock i would say it's probably the biggest game at the time slot memphis is hosting mississippi state mississippi state laying three and a half over under 64. I'm on the fence about it want to play here. I could see the, this game being in the 70s, but I could also see it's one of those games you just think it's going to hit the over and it's a dud. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't have much to say here, to be honest.
2: Well, we got a call. We had a call in and it was Dr. Brent. And I said, I'll put you on air. And he's like, no, I'm doing something. Just put this on. I'm playing this. I love it. He loves the team points, Mississippi State. 33 and a half, he locked in on. He said last week, you know, Memphis, Arkansas State, I think, had a uh, had 680 yards total offense. And he said, what's Leach going to do? He's going to pick this team apart. So Dr. Brent, play of the day from him, team points, 33 and a half, take the over Mississippi State.
0: Yeah, this is kind of a rivalry game. Like, Memphis loves to beat the Mississippi schools. I guess it's, you don't think of a geographic as East Coast guys, but it's actually pretty close combined, and they recruit against the same kids. So I like that play, too, actually. I, I like the over in general. I think Memphis can score some points against Mississippi State, even though that's probably their best unit.
3: All right, 6 o'clock. I do have a play on this. Liberty is hosting Old Dominion. Smitty, my wife's not going to make another bet with you because I don't feel like paying for another cocktail. <laughs> but anyways, Liberty's land 27. She wouldn't,
2: buy, she wouldn't buy me my soup, my Campbell's soup and Girl cheese I chicken.
3: know. <laughs> Liber, Liberty's land 27, over under 52 and a 52.5. I like the over, like we talked about uh, earlier in a week. Malik Willis kind of hasn't done anything special the first two games. I think maybe he gets it right against just a, a piss-poor uh, football team. Um, you know, like I continuously say, but it's true, Old Dominion really hurt their program not playing last year uh, from a competitive and a rhythm standpoint, um, taking a year off is tough as we see time and time again, you know, with players who just take a year off due to an injury, uh, let alone a whole team. Uh, so I I think Liberty can hang 55 themselves on old dominion. They're not going to have an answer for Malik Willis. I mean, there's power five teams that don't have an answer for him. So I I think it's pretty clear and cut. Um, if you, if you laid the 27, I like it, but I'm going to take the over here. Yeah, I think that's what you
0: have to do. I want to – this is no play for me, but, I mean, there are some rivalry elements to this, I guess, a little South Virginia rivalry, right? Um, but, yeah, ODU is uh, in shambles. Like you said, taking that year off is a huge mistake, especially with a brand-new coach and uh, a lot of guys uh, leaving the program uh, that year. So, yeah, Liberty, the only thing you have there is they're looking ahead to Syracuse, but I don't even know if they would look ahead to Syracuse because I think they're probably a little bit better team right now. So,
2: I played this too, Q. I'm on the same thing you are. I took – The over at 52-and-a-half, I agree. I think Liberty can throw 40-50 themselves, and I think Old Dominion can get a couple garbage touchdowns. So I like the over in this, and I'm on it.
3: Yeah, hopefully we hit for that. That'd be nice. All right, so South Carolina, like we already touched on, is traveling to Georgia. Um, If you're going to even touch this, like I said, the points would be the only thing for me. Uh plus the points, but it's definitely a no-play for me. I know you guys already talked about it, so we'll just move on. Um, all right. Auburn, Penn State, probably the second biggest, if not biggest. You know, you can flip-flop. It's a coin flip between the Florida game and the Auburn game. So Auburn is going up to Penn State for the whiteout edition. It is Penn State is laying five over under 52 and a half. We already talked about this as well. We think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I would say we're all leaning the under. Um, and then you took Auburn as well, so um, we'll we'll move on from that. Let's see any games that I have. I do have a late game, so uh, I'll jump. I, I got just... two. I got two here, so I'm going to jump.
2: I Utah yeah, State traveling to Air Force. Uh, it's at nine and a half. Air Force. I took Air Force down. I got it earlier in the week, so I got it in a six point teaser. Take the points down. I have Air Force minus two and a half, and I match that. And I got UNC playing Virginia, and I got UNC at minus three. So my teaser there is Air Force minus two and a half, UNC minus three against Virginia in a teaser.
3: I'll tell you what, one of the plays that I've kind of been eyeing as of late, you know, it's what we saw last week, Um, Virginia. To stay, they came off the gas pedal, which obviously helped Smitty win a bet. Uh, but if they'd have just kept it on, they'd have just kept scoring against Illinois. I mean, they, Brennan Armstrong is a real deal, in my opinion. He's got an arm. He can scramble if need be. Uh, he's got a tight end that's like six foot eight. It's, I don't care who you are or what team you are, you know, that's hard to guard size. If you don't have anybody to match up in height um, on the DB side, that, that could be pretty tough. He's got good hands. I could see this game being points, points, points. North Carolina's. Famous for not having defense and you throw away, uh, a, in my opinion, uh, a proven Virginia quarterback, you can sling it. Uh, I could see this going over 66. So that would be my lead.
1: Yeah, I
0: know. I'm glad you brought this game up because I'm going to take that actually because I'm looking at this now and last two years, 69 points and 85 points in this game. Um, yeah, Virginia's offense looks like they have an offense. Um, and UNC, you know, even if they get behind, they have the kind of style of offense that they're going to score points. They're going to put up yardage. So Yeah, I think – I'm kind of shocked at how low the line is in this game, actually, given the last two years of history here.
3: All right, moving on. Eight o'clock game for me. I do have a play on this. Ole Miss hosting Tulane. Right now Ole Miss is at minus 14, over under 76 and a half. So I have Ole Miss at minus 13 and a half. And then I also, I bought the half a point. And then I also have them in a teaser with Nebraska, Oklahoma. I got, not only did I play the Nebraska, Oklahoma over 61 and a half, but I brought it down to 56 in a teaser and then uh, rolled out with Ole Miss minus seven. I I know Ole Miss gave Oklahoma a struggle in week one, and they were down 37-14 in the second half. The problem is Oklahoma doesn't have any defense. Same with Ole Miss. But. I think Ole Miss benefits from seeing that game as, hey, these guys can hang around if we let them. So we just got to keep rolling. Um, and I, I I think Tulane had their one shot at, at a – I guess you could call it an upset alert. Um, you know, being on the road again, it's not like you're hosting that game. Um, I, I just like Ole Miss here, minus 14. Uh, but I did – there was some chatter, uh, especially on the J-Boys show. Again, shout them out. Uh, over under – 76 and a half. They like the under in this game. They just don't see it getting that high. So just an interesting number.
0: Yeah, no, I think if Tulane plays the win, this is definitely going to go under. They need to slow this down. They can't let Ole Miss go up and down the field. Um, Now, I was impressed with Ole Miss against uh, Louisville. They changed some things on defense, a little different approach, didn't have their head coach, and it really didn't seem to matter. Uh, Granted, Louisville wasn't up to it to kind of Kind of looked like it was a one man show there on offense, and their defense is just undersized and it just got pushed around by Ole Miss. So, yeah, I, I like this from the beginning. I have Ole Miss minus 14 already. Um, yeah, I, the under sounds much better to me than the over, but uh, Ole Miss minus 14. Love Tulane, love the
2: uniforms. They're just not at this level. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think this might hit the under. I think that's a lot of points. And I was impressed, like Jason just said, Ole Miss's defense. Uh, in the first game, I, they really shut down uh, Louisville when you saw it last night. I mean, they played UCF. What a great game. Great ending. They did put some points up. It's a lot of points. I like this Tulane team. I, I love the quarterback. The coach is really good. We have this also as a podcast challenge play. So I hope old Miss does it. I think this one could be a little tight early in this. Hopefully they can pull it away. But I do. If you're going to play, I would play the under in this. Uh, but like Jason said too, the unis are money. Check out the helmets today on Tulane; they are money.
0: Is is there any program that has more like great logos that have been sitting in storage for fifty years than Tulane? And like it seems like every uh, year they pull out something cool, like a pelican surfing or the wave that's on the helmet. It's like you know you're in New Orleans. That's all recruiting, man. Get that stuff out there. Kids love to play with that stuff on their uniforms. You're in Louisiana. You can go in your backyard and it's still five. Star from LSU, who doesn't want to sit the bench. I mean, come on, Tulane, get together.
2: Yeah, they got great. Their helmets are money today. (laughs) Hey, Q, I I wanted to bring up a game at 730 just because the J-Boy show also, he talked about this game, is Central Michigan traveling to LSU. Uh, LSU's minus 19 and a half. I'll tell you what, he has maybe upset alert, and he was close last week. He had Appy State against Miami, and that was really close. And he said, keep an eye. He said he thinks LSU maybe pulls us out, but he said, man, I do not see them covering the 19 and a half because LSU right now, I don't know. Ed O, man, you better win this one or you got some pressure coming down on you there.
3: And that's the Michigan team is not a bad team. Not a bad team. No, they roll it. They roll it. Now I'm curious to see if McElwain's back because he was out last week.
0: Yeah, no, they put a they are, uh, they matched Missouri in yardage in a 10 point loss first week of the season. So um, that's an SEC school and they played them at their place, right? And Missouri's probably in a little better place than LSU is right now.
3: All right. Now that we're coming some short on time, are there any definite plays that I missed? If not, we can just rapid fire real quick the last like five or six games.
0: So, one play I love that uh, has got a little bit of conversation, it's a perfect, it's a system play. It's, it's nothing. Um, Georgia Southern plus 23 at Arkansas. Catching Arkansas coming off, biggest win, and who knows when. About to enter the SEC schedule with basically three straight losses staring them in the face. They get a basically a, a wishbone team on their home field, total emotional letdown. Georgia Southern gets their starting quarterback back for the first time this year. Uh, they've been playing a running back at quarterback the first two games, and, they've, and it showed um, just like so many intangibles in this thing lining up. I give Stucky from the Action Network the credit, he kind of called it out. Um, Obviously, Colin Wilson is on that show, too. He's a huge Arkansas fan as an alum. Um, It's just, you know, they're not going to win. But plus 23 is just way too much. Pace of the game will be slow. Uh, That's a nice, easy play. And I love Marshall. I think that's a really good football team. It's kind of under the radar right now because there's a lot of other group of five teams that are better. They're laying nine and a half against Eastern Carolina at home today. Um, So I will take that. And I think the one other game I had was Arizona State laying two and a half against BYU. I think BYU's getting a little too much love off of a really impressive win last week against Utah. You know, they still lost a ton from prior year. Um, Arizona State's loaded. Pac-12 South is up for grabs for them. I think Herm gets the win. It'll be a close game, but I think two and a half is just enough that they'll cover.
3: Yeah, I like your Arizona State play. Another play I would lean is Boise State minus three against Oklahoma State. Since since Mason Rudolph left, quarterback play hasn't been the same, uh, and they lost Chubba Hubbard last year. Uh, so I just don't see the same Oklahoma team that we're used to seeing. Um, they were probably the most dominant eight to nine win team in that category. Uh, they would just roll and they would lose games they shouldn't. But they're they're losing games right now uh, just from a sheer lack of talent. So I would lean Boise State minus three. I do like Arizona play. I would lean the whatever minus two and a half to minus three and a half. I think they they get out of there with a touchdown and then. A lot of love coming in for Fresno State at plus 11 and a half playing UCLA. It's a big challenge for UCLA. Another decent team coming in. Uh, Fresno State, decent defense, can move the ball. Uh, so that would be interesting to see if UCLA is a real deal. You know, if they drop it, then I think we can kind of see what they are. They're a little fraudulent. Uh, but if they roll this game, maybe they're the real deal. Maybe uh, Chip Kelly's got something going there.
2: I like the Boise State game too. Just Oklahoma State. I think Q said it well there. Just kind of blah. They're kind of just not the same team they have been. Struggled last week against Tulsa. Boise State's a good football team at home. I like Boise State. Take that. I like Jason's uh, play with the Georgia Southern too. I have heard some people say to take Arkansas. But I, I think what Jason said there makes a lot of sense about coming off a big win and maybe just sleepwalking a little bit. So maybe keep an eye on that one. The East Carolina play is a bad one too. I agree. Marshall's a good football team. East Carolina let me down last week, had South Carolina on the ropes and their just offense was garbage. And I think even Steve talked about their quarterback play uh, at the beginning of the show here. Um, I like Fresno state. I think Fresno state can go in there and beat um, UCLA or really, really keep it close. So keep an eye on that. And then, Hey people, Late night Cinemax through the lines. It is back, and guess what? Guess who kicks off at 12.30 a.m.? So if you have a rough day, stay up and watch this. I like the points in this. take. They're going to be scoring here, opened up at 59.5, up to 62. I would take the over in San Jose State, Hawaii, on the islands at 12.30. See what movie's on Cinemax. Watch Linking. late game. I will. I should be... Sorry,
0: I will be watching the Cinemax, but I will lay the points with San Jose and I will actually go under. So one of us is going to look smart. One of us is going to look really stupid. But uh, no, I think Spartans look pretty good against USC even though the score didn't show it. And uh, Hawaii's schedule has been pretty hellacious so far. And uh, I know they're back on the islands. They're playing at a community college stadium, but uh, I just I don't think they have enough uh, ammo for the Spartans.
3: Yeah, I like that play as well. We pretty much covered every game for the slate. Uh, 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 again, a lot of leans. Uh, our plays will be out on Twitter. Uh, so be sure to follow at Notebook Wager and J Cam at Smitty Bucks at Q And then Matt's not with us, he's uh on a business trip in Vegas representing us um at the uh cosmopolitan. So uh hopefully you can strike a deal with them for maybe a little partnership or something. I don't know what he's got in the works, but uh he's laying pool side. Hopefully he's with the execs. We'll figure that out when he comes back. Uh but follow him and at what you do we- Matt and him. If- what, and Q, follow what, us at, at Notebook hopefully Wager.
0: Hopefully you can find my liver I left there last week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey Q, what's the, po- what's the podcast plays? So we have, we're have we rolling Old Miss today and, um,
3: All right. and um, the
2: over in the Oklahoma game. And I know.
3: So we the- lost Washington football team, New York Giants, under 41 and a half. I absolutely blew that. I didn't see that ever reaching that number. And then uh we're playing Ole Miss minus 13 and a half. And then the Oklahoma game over 61 and a half. Okay.
2: And I know they're on, I know Skippy loves BYU. So we're going kind of against him on the show here a little bit with some of the
3: yeah. Skippy has over 53 in the Michigan, Northern Illinois game. Uh we like that. And then BYU, he has them at plus four. Cause he got it early in a week and then he's got an NFL play San Francisco 49ers minus two and a half in the NFL. Okay. So um, one of the things we did for the show uh, it's kind of tough. We talked about it. If, if, if there's a line, we're, we're not trying to have draws in a challenge. So um, he said, you know, if you get a minus 14 in college or a minus three in the NFL, cause that seems to be always, you know, how a game falls 45, 31 in college or 2017, in the NFL, Take the half a point, uh, you you either get a win and loss for a challenge, because we're not here to tie, we're here to see who's the better podcast. So uh, moving forward, uh, that's on the table. So if you do see a little weird line, that's because of it, buy the point, uh, if you're actually buying it from your bookie. So that's all I have. Another great quick hit show. We got a lot of information. Check out Steve Tannehill as well. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. So uh, we'll, we'll have him on for the rest of the season uh, sporadically. And uh, hopefully, we bang your bookies. And, and Smitty's already off to a better start. He had a donut last week. Uh, he's already got one on the board this week. We'll bounce back in the uh, challenge. Hopefully, we finish off two and one, and they finish one and two or 0 oh and three. And then,
1: uh,
3: yeah, we'll see you guys next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you
3: subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.